0: Mark Levin, our number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Do something a little different in the hours ahead, not in the first hour. I want to know from you what you think the biggest crisis is facing the United States. What is the biggest crisis? You have to get in the queue, you will have to wait a little while. But I'm just curious to know what you think is the biggest crisis facing the United States right now. There are breaking reports that the United States and Iran are close to a deal. Now, when I hear that, and I know that, quote-unquote, our side, the Biden administration, is negotiating against the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran through intermediaries, it scares me to death. Because the Democrats are worse than Neville Chamberlain. They actually are paying the Iranians to come to the table. Tonight, as I speak to you, this evening in some parts of the country, the borders are wide open, wider open than they were last week, last month, and the month before. People are literally pouring into this country. And that will include MS-13 gang members, and that will include drug cartel members. Little girls are still being raped, 30% 30% of the women who come here have been sexually molested. None of that is stopped. It goes on and on and on, and people are being bust and otherwise brought to different parts of our country. Texas is turning purple right before our eyes. But pretend none of this is going on. We have inflation, significant inflation that's kicking in now. I told you all about this last week or the week before last, even before all these articles kicked in today, and I've I printed them out, they're in a pile here, that everybody sees inflation coming now. Why? Because of the profligate spending, that's why, and the massive confiscatory taxes that are going to kick in place, for some people in this country, it's going to be at 61%. 61% by the time Biden and these blue states are done. You can't compete with communist China or anybody else when you're taxing the most successful people in this country at 61%. And while almost nobody listening to this show is a billionaire, it impacts you, and it will impact you. Because the more money that goes overseas or the less money that's produced in the private sector here, the poorer the country becomes. It's that simple. Why did the Biden Census Bureau and 2.5 million more add 2.5 million more residents to the blue state population? That's the headline in a Washington Examiner piece by Stephen Moore today. There's something very fishy about the new 2020 census data determining which states pick up seats and those that lost seats. Most of the revisions to the original estimates have moved in one direction. Population gains were added to blue states. He's an economist, keep in mind. And population losses were subtracted from red states. Now, does anybody know a single red state that's losing a population? The December revisions in population estimates under the Biden Census Bureau added some two and a half million blue state residents and subtracted more than half a million red state residents. These population estimates determine how many electoral votes each state receives for presidential elections and the number of congressional seats in each state. Is this a mere coincidence? Remember, the House of Representatives is razor thin today, with the Democrats just a three-seat majority with five seats currently vacant. So a switch in three or four seats in 2022 would flip the House and take the gavel away from Pelosi and the Democrats. A population shift of 3 million, adding 2.5 million Democrats and subtracting half a million Republicans, is the equivalent of four seats moving from Republican to Democrat. The original projections for the census reapportionment, the original projections, had New York losing two seats, Rhode Island losing a seat, Illinois losing up to two seats. Instead, New York and Illinois lost only one seat, and Rhode Island didn't lose any. Meanwhile, Texas was expected to gain three seats, Florida two seats, Arizona one seat. Instead, Texas gains only two seats, Florida only one, and Arizona none. Was the Census Bureau count rigged? Was it manipulated by the Biden team to hand more seats to the Democrats and to get more money, that is federal spending, for the blue states? The evidence is not only circumstantial, but when errors or revisions are almost all only in one direction, the alarm bells appropriately go off. Here's some of the strange outcomes in the census revisions just released. Number one, New York. We've been tracking the annual population migration changes between states since the last census of 2010. According to the census date over the past decade, New York lost, lost about 1.3 million residents on net to other states. This doesn't include immigration, births, and deaths. Still, this is a population loss equivalent to two, maybe three, lost congressional seats. But the final numbers added more than 860,000. That's roughly twice the population of Buffalo and Rochester combined. This is the state that has lost by far the largest population over the past decade. So the point is, the early estimates were that they would lose two seats, that is 1.3 million people, but they added back 860,000. And people are scratching their heads wondering how the hell that happened. Many deep blue states had 2020 census numbers significantly revised upward from the December estimates. Connecticut, Hawaii, Illinois, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, Rhode Island, and Vermont. You think those are gaining uh, numbers, ladies and gentlemen? Number three, many red states had 2020 census numbers significantly lower than their 2020 estimates. Arizona, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina... ...and Texas. It certainly sounds fishy to me, doesn't it, to you folks? Very fishy, as a matter of fact. Let's see here. Virtually... Oh, going back to the 2010 census, the final headcount on every state was within 0.4%. That's well under 1% of the original estimate. 30 of them were within 0.2%. This time around... 19 states were off by more than 1%. Seven were more than 2%. Newark was more than 3.8%. That is almost 4%. New Jersey was off by 4.5%. Nobody believes this crap, do they? Virtually every one of the significant deviations from the estimates favored Democrats. Just five states in the 2020 census were within the same margin, 0.41%, that all states were within from the 2020. Ten census so how do you get to the bottom of this have a hearing well the republicans don't control the hearing process have an investigation of the executive branch well the executive branch actually did this what's going to be required is one state or another that believes they are owed more congressional districts need to bring a lawsuit problem is the lawsuit can take years But they should bring it anyway. Nothing is sacrosanct with this gang in Washington. Nothing is sacrosanct with the Democrat Party. Not even the census. So from early estimates, they add two and a half million Democrats and take away half a million Republicans from these various states. We know where all the growth is. Republican states, that is, red states, are not losing populations. Which one? Hawaii's gaining population? Is this a joke? Is this a joke? I'll be right back. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show and my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Primus to you For no cost every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus. So you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit LevinforHillsdale.com That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N For Hillsdale.com You know ladies and gentlemen A Counter-revolutionary political movement Has to have principles It has to have rallying points. It has to have a reason to exist. The left feels it has those in hand. A number of movements, if you will. Race-related, gender-related, climate-related, immigration-related. We do not. We simply do not. And they are persistent, and they have secreted themselves into the culture, into the governing system. They effectively control the media, big tech, entertainment. They effectively control government schools and education, colleges and universities. And they have devoured the Democrat Party, where there's really no serious opposition within the party. A senator here, a senator there, but one election will blow them out. And they have an aim. And that is to destroy your lifestyle. To destroy your freedom. You see, in order for them to succeed, you need to be coward and controlled You need to stop enjoying your life. Stop exercising your individual rights and freedoms. The collective is all that matters. And the collective means that you are to be subservient to these forces. They try to shame you into this. They try and threaten you into this. They will use violence. They will use propaganda. And they have untold number of demagogues. How do we fight this? What do we have? Do we have people who know how to fight these people? Do we have people who have the courage to fight these people? Oh, here and there. But they have multiple movements. We don't even have one. I'm not talking about the theoretical. What do we do? This is the, the problem that I have been fretting over now for some time. Trying to figure out, what do we do? It's only getting worse. And we don't have any time left. Our children are being abused by propagandists who are using racism to try and indoctrinate them by public school unions. Our borders are wide open. Our corporations are fully woke and down the list. What do we do? It's not enough for me to get behind this microphone and talk because I can't just talk about this for three hours. I'll lose my audience. But that's why I wrote American Marxism. We need to galvanize. We need to rally. We need to know exactly who we're dealing with, not who they say we're dealing with. We need to cut through the crap and the static. We need to get out the word that there are more of us than them. They have their billionaires and they have their elites. They have their armed militia and BLM and Antifa. But we're an army of tens of millions. What we need are ideas. What do we do? How do we speak? That's the whole point of American Marxism, the book that I wrote. It's one of the last efforts that I think I have, or we jointly, to push back now. We have to push back. The next year, the next two years are vital. What kind of country are we going to have? What kind of country are you going to leave our children and our grandchildren? I'm convinced that if enough people read this book, they'll understand what's going on, whether they're college students or high school students, whether it's you and your family members people who are sitting on the fence, they're not sure, store owners, union members, non-union members, Americans. If we can eventually get this book into the hands of a million people, we will have, in my view, an army of a million pro-American supporters who will know how to argue, know how to engage, and know how to fight back. I'm not talking about violence, that's what they do. We haven't even tried anything yet haven't done anything yet it's not enough just to vote when I sat down night and day, weekend after week and month after month and wrote this I was thinking about you how this might appeal to you this is my hope it'll be determined by all of you the millions of you who are listening and I want to strongly encourage you to please go to Amazon.com and pre-order your copies of the book American Marxism as quickly as you can so we can show them that we are a big army of patriots so when they wake up to who I am and what I'm doing with you they won't be able to censor us or shut us down so I want to implore you if you would go to Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble and get your pre-order copy please I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's levin, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com.
2: Mark Levin, the Great One. The Great One, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. You
0: know, Thomas Paine's famous pamphlet, The American Crisis, actually was multiple pamphlets, but his first one, was said to have been read ultimately by 200,000 colonists. When you consider there were two to two and a half million colonists total, that's enormous. Obviously, they didn't have the Internet or computers or iPhones or anything else. It started by word of mouth. It would be posted at pubs. It would be circulated. And over a course of six months, colonists were talking about it. And that first of many pamphlets encouraged militiamen to come back who had left the battlefield because they were losing so horribly and they're, they're dying in so many terrible numbers. And even the regular army, it kept it from participating in a mutiny Washington ordered the American crisis, the first pamphlet, read to his troops before the Battle of Trenton, which effectively turned the war around. It was a rallying cry. It was a rallying cry. Because before it, most thought the war was lost the most powerful force on the face of the earth. Because words matter. Ideas have consequences. Inspiring people to be the best they can and to do things they never thought they could do or never thought they would do is how you galvanize and rally. When we sit and watch what's going on on television... We're observers. We're observers to our own decline. Even worse, we're observers to the destruction of a country where ultimately millions have died to confer upon us our liberty and our way of life. You don't have to die. You don't have to give up your career. You don't have to give up your lifestyle to protect this country for yourself, your children and your grandchildren and generations yet born. But you and I can't just watch TV and leave it to others to tell us what this country is and is not and leave it to others to tell us what we can and cannot do, and leave it to others to tell us what words we can and cannot use, and leave it to others to tell us what is moral and what's not moral, and leave it to others to tell our children what they must memorize, self-hate and hate of others. We own this country, all of it. Every classroom, Washington, D.C., The border, they belong to the American people. We're allowing a loud Marxist minority. And by minority, I don't mean racial minority. Ideological minority. To transform this country. What are we going to tell our children and grandchildren 10 years from now? That we complained about it? Some of you folks listening to me, you've already served this country in uniform. And you cannot believe what's happening to this country. Some of you listening to me are in uniform now. Whether you're in the military and law enforcement and so forth, you cannot believe what's happening to this country. I cannot believe what's happening to this country. Now what are we going to do about it? Should we at least try and start a counter-revolution? Except in our case, nonviolent? It may or may not work. Shouldn't we take our language back and call people what they are? Marxists? Un-American? I know they're going to call me names and they're going to call you names. What else is new? Capitulation, acquiescence, silence in the face of this tyranny isn't going to fix a damn thing. It just encourages them more. It encourages them more. That's why the title of this book is called American Marxism. Not American Democratic Socialism. Not American Social Activism. There will be the reviews of this book at the time when it's released. This isn't Marxism. This isn't that. Ignore them. We need to win. They talk about the divide in this country. Of course there's a divide in this country. There's good and there's evil. There's right and there's wrong. There's liberty and there's tyranny. We didn't start this. We believe in letting people live their lives, be happy, enjoy themselves, succeed and fail, get up again and try and succeed. We're not trying to take anything from anybody, not their ancestry, not their wealth, not their language. That's what they're trying to take from us. They point to the founders of this country, and they lie about them. They lie about them. We've allowed them to indoctrinate so many of our children. Some of you send your kids off to college, they come back, you don't even know who the hell you're talking to anymore. That's been in the works for 120 years, just so you know. This is right. I, why I wrote American Marxism. It's not about Mark. Do you know how often my name is in there? Rarely, unless I'm citing another one of my books. Not to cite it, but to use some of the language that's in it. But for the most part, that's it. It's not about me. I often ask myself, And I tell you this honestly, what would my dad want me to do? And I know what he'd say, Mark, fight like hell. Fight like hell, a World War II vet. I wonder sometimes, and I tell you this in all earnestness, what would Rush say to me? We were like brothers. I think he'd say, bravo, keep at it, don't fall back. I'm looking at these books and it matters. And I see in the top five on Amazon, two about COVID, one of which trashes the President Trump. I see two novels and I see a book on crisis preparedness. I'm thinking to myself, the number one book right now is on crisis preparedness. Crisis preparedness? Let the other side prepare for a crisis for once. Let them prepare when their ideology crumbles, when their institutions crumble. Let them prepare for a crisis rather than we always preparing for a crisis. I don't know what else I can say. I don't know what else I can do. I'm just hoping that by that first day on January 13th, FedEx and UPS and, yes, even Amazon, the post office, will be delivering hundreds and hundreds of thousands of these books all over the country so we can get started because we are running out of time. And by the way, this book doesn't have any quick fixes. I've got a number of suggestions and ideas at the end of the book, after we go through the book, at the end of the book. But you may have a number of ideas and suggestions too. That's what we want. Everybody in their own community, in their own way, in their own role. You can make a difference. It doesn't take that much. So if you do get a moment, I hope you'll you'll go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or whatever you prefer and pre-order your copies. Because come January 13th, I am going to hit the ground running. And I hope there's an army of millions with me. I meant July, sorry. This isn't the end-all and be-all this book. Wouldn't that be stupid if it was? Of course not. This book is intended to rally you. This book is intended to lay a foundation on what it is that we're dealing with, how deep it is in our society, where it's coming from, to give you confidence to speak out and to engage. And you can be a Thomas Paine. You can speak out, family, friends, strangers, in the classroom, at the office. We should be silenced no more. Period. I'll be right back. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Primus to you, For no cost every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus. So you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com That's levin, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale dot com. See, we want to read news articles and see opinion pieces. Where we're on the move, where we're happy, where we're laughing, where we're smiling. And they're on the run. That's the goal. By the way, I will be on uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Time with Pete Hegseth on Special Report. We uh, recorded that earlier uh, this afternoon. Actually, just about, what is it, less than two hours ago. I know it's good because I taped it. Uh, The rest of his show is live. But... uh, Uh, You can check that out. Maybe you can listen to this and watch me at the same time. It's very bizarre, I know. But that's Fox, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. I'll be on around 10 after 7. Pete is a really good man. Pete Hegseth is a good, good man. And uh, he's a patriot on and off the battlefield. So, uh, just a great leader. There was an interview done of the NBA commissioner... He was speaking with uh, Time Magazine, which isn't even a magazine anymore. But anyway, we can play along. And it was grotesque. And by the way, this guy has a certain look that really is a throwback to uh, evil days. Do you get my drift, Mr. Producer? This commissioner in particular, Adam Silver. And he should be ashamed of himself. Because he's justifying the NBA's relationship with the genocidal Xi and communist regime, where over 2 million Muslim Uyghurs are imprisoned in concentration camps. He's defending his players like LeBron James, who've made tens of millions of dollars off their gear, much of which is made in communist China. And apart from the horrific genocide, ladies and gentlemen, All you people who go into these stadiums or watch these guys on TV or buy their stuff, you realize they don't give a damn about you? Or they would demand that all these products be made in America? They don't give a damn about anything but themselves. These are narcissists. That's all they are. Sir, may I have a signature? Sir, may I shake your hand? You hear that day in and day out? It can affect you. NBA commission on chummy ties to China. We have to build relationships, he says. Would he say that about Joseph Stalin? I think he would. Adolf Hitler? Would you, Mr. Adam Silver? Where's Black Lives Matter? I thought this was an international operation against racism. How come they're not defending the Uyghurs? Not a word. Not a word of condemnation against the NBA because the NBA gives them money, among other things, and support through the likes of LeBron James and many others. Speaking with Time Magazine, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver excused the league's chummy relationship with the government of communist China. The Daily Wire points out, citing Time Magazine. He said, we think exporting NBA basketball to China and to virtually every country in the world continues to fit within our mission. I do think that in order to bring about realistic change, we have to build relationships. There he is, the Neville Chamberlain of sports. We have to build relationships with a mass murdering regime that threatens the United States, that steals our technology, that has killer satellites in space in order to knock out our satellites so our military personnel won't have a fighting chance. That's the goal. We have to build relationships, don't you see? No, that's not it, pal. You need sneakers. You have hundreds of millions of fans in communist China. All of you in the league, management, players, broadcasters, you're all frauds. While you trash our system, you're capitalists through and through. You want as much money as you can get, you don't give a damn where it comes from. And then you virtue signal here at home. You're schizophrenic. And you're screwing up our country. More when I return.
1: He's here. He's here.
0: I don't want to let the NBA off the hook, and they're not the only ones. I want to continue here for a moment, if, if you will. Piece in the Daily Wire, citing Time. The interview with the NBA commissioner. You want to know how genocides occur and wonder why people are silent? This is a perfect example. You want to know how events were born in the late 20s and early 30s and throughout in Europe. Just listen to this NBA commissioner. Is he getting any pushback? I don't watch ESPN. Any pushback on ESPN 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, or 7? Any pushback from any players? No. They're all in it together. And they'll be remembered for this, all of them. Not one has spoken out that I'm aware of, or I think we'd be aware of them. Jason Whitlock, I know he has spoken out. He's not there anymore. And so Silver is asked, what's the state of the NBA's relationship with China? We continue to televise our games in China, he answered. Our most significant television partner is Tencent, which is a streaming service in China. And we have hundreds of millions of fans in China who we continue to serve. I'll take a step back there and restate the NBA's mission, which is to improve people's lives through the game of basketball. Improve people's lives through the game of basketball. Well, you tell that to the Uyghurs in the concentration camps, you moron. You really are grotesque. And you do look the part. Bobby Barrick of Outkick commented Silver says it's the NBA's mission to improve people's lives through the game of basketball. Really? The NBA is so concerned with improving lives that its top players are cashing checks from two Chinese sneaker companies, Lin Ning and Anta, that proudly profit from Muslim slave labor. Where's Black Lives Matter? Where's CARE? Why aren't they at LeBron James's house, peacefully protesting, or any other major players or sportscasters? Why aren't they at ESPN? Why aren't they doing any of that? Because they're frauds, that's why, cause they hate America. Black Lives Matter uses race to try and tear down the country. And so we have this bizarre situation where professional athletes in their leagues, and they're not alone by any stretch of the imagination, condemn Georgia on a lie about voting reform, and they make a fortune hand over fist from a genocidal regime that uses slave labor and put people in concentration camps. Silver continued, and we think exporting NBA basketball to China and to virtually every country in the world continues to fit with our mission. Your mission is a titanic, you idiot. You have no moral code whatsoever, nothing. The political science major in me believes that engagement is better than isolation. That's not true either, is it? What a self-serving, self-aggrandizing, cold-blooded hack. That a so-called boycott of China, taking into account legitimate criticisms of the Chinese system, won't further the agenda of those who seek to bring about global change, he stated. Working with Chinese solely on NBA basketball has been a net plus for building relationships between the two superpowers. It's nothing to do with building relationships with the two superpowers has to do with that green in your wallet, pal. That's number one. Number two, Ronald Reagan, peace through strength, he destroyed the Soviet Union. Not a fire, not a bullet was fired, he destroyed the Soviet Union because he didn't believe in appeasement, because what you're describing is appeasement. You have no moral principles whatsoever, none. You got to wonder about the left. This is why abortion on demand's okay. They pretend human babies aren't human babies. They pretend there aren't really concentration camps in China. But they can attack the Republican state legislature in Georgia till they're blue in the face. That's perfectly fine. And then they pat themselves on the head, talking about systemic racism in America. Asked if his perspective was too Pollyannish, Silver replied, "I don't want to overstate it." While I'm a believer in soft power, I'm certainly not sitting here claiming that by virtue of televising NBA games in China, lo and behold, there'll be a reckoning in China to adopt the Western point of view. Look how they, they word game this. I do think that in order to bring about realistic change, we have to build relationships. No, we don't. If they weren't making a fortune off this, ladies and gentlemen, or potentially making a fortune on this, How many of you think they would be doing this at all? Are they doing this in Honduras? Where else are they doing this? That would make a difference. Very, very few places. Let's take some calls. I've asked you to give me a call to tell me what you think the greatest crisis is that we're facing as a nation right now. Jim, New York City, the great WABC. Jim, go. Go. Hey, Mark, how are how your you radio, doing? sir? Go right ahead, please. Okay.
1: Okay. So, um, yeah, I wanted to call in because uh, I love your show. First, thank show. you. Thank you. And um, you had asked earlier what you, you know, what your callers might think or your listeners might think is uh, the greatest. What do you think
0: the greatest crisis is that we're facing? So,
1: so I think the biggest crisis comes from within right now, not from outside the country, because although there's a lot of threats and crises that exist outside the country, I think it's the leftist socialist influences for within, mm-hmm. our, within our own country that are causing uh, the biggest crisis now. Um, it's, it's tearing at the fabric of the country, and it's making us uh, weak and uh, less able, I believe, to address the crises that come from outside the country.
0: Mm hmm. And I think you're right. And this was uh, kind of predicted by a number of great iconic Americans. But what is this threat, this ideological threat, if you had to call it somebody? What is this threat in the country?
1: Well, I mean, you you see it, the ideology. I don't know if you could put a single word to it. Um, You know, they call it progressivism.
0: This is Um, what we have to learn to do. And this is what we're going to learn to do, at least on this show. It is an, an Americanized Marxism. That's what it is. There's nothing democratic, little d, about it. There's nothing progressive, little p, about it. We have to have the courage to call it what it is. We're not talking necessarily about textbook Marxism, but the core foundational arguments in Marxism apply to what they're doing and saying. And even the early progressives embraced Marx. In fact, they embraced Stalin. So this is the history of the modern Democrat Party, in addition to the Confederacy, and slavery, and segregation, and Jim Crow. The history of the modern Democrat Party, going back about 120 years, is one that embraced the ideas of Marxism. Again, not in every technical respect, but certainly in broad core fundamentals and we need to be prepared to say this because language means everything explanations mean everything so people are very concerned about what this party is and what their agenda is and they're not confused by smokescreens and static thrown up there by the likes of Bernie Sanders Bernie Sanders is a is a red he's a communist he always has been but he says, I'm a Democratic Socialist. Oh, he said, Democratic Socialism. No, he's not. Socialist. Jim, thank you, my friend. Let's go to Patrick, Gardnerville, Nevada, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, Patrick?
2: Mark, the national treasure is you, buddy. Well, I don't know you that. that, but thank you. You are the national treasure. No, you are. The crisis that I see which is a multitude of crisis crises in this country, I see, I see immigration as a major issue because that's long-lasting, and these people are going to be in here and change the demographics of this country, which the uh, Marxists want to do, because they'll change their vote to always being a Democrat. And mm-hmm. that is all part of the problem.
0: You're right. And, and one generation after the other is going to thank Biden, thank the Democrats, uh, but that that's what the democrats are up to. Exactly. All right, I have to take a hard break. We'll be right back. Thank you, sir.
3: love in
0: Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, PODCAST. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. All right. What's the greatest crisis facing our country? Lines are full, but when you hear me take a call, that's your chance to jump in. I'm curious to know what you think it is. Brian, in Thorpe, Wisconsin, XM Satellite. Go right ahead, Brian.
4: Hi, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. You got it. You asked, what is the biggest threat from within our country? And it... it it's been bugging me for a long time. Everybody, everybody points out, you know, this politician or that politician, the Democrats as a whole, so on and so forth. And it's real easy to hang on that and say, yeah, that's the problem. I look at it a little bit differently. I think the biggest problem is in a sense, conservatives, myself included, we don't engage. We don't, we don't push back the Democrats, the liberals, the Marxists, they're doing what they're allowed to get away with. And I, I don't know exactly why, but I think we are so ingrained with wanting to be left alone. We don't want people running our lives. We don't want government in our lives that we kind of live by that same mantra. We're allowing this stuff to happen. We're allowing these people to take advantage of us. At some point, we've got to get off of our collective butt and stand up and push back and take control of our country. It's, it's, we're, we're really nearing the point of being too late.
0: Well, I hope you'll join me, and I hope you'll join us. That's the whole point of this effort. Honestly, I have better things to do than write stupid books. And if I thought this was a stupid book, I wouldn't waste my time with it. This is the most important book I've ever written, and it's really written for our time, written for exactly what you say. Maybe it is apathy, or maybe it's that we just haven't had the right leadership, or maybe we haven't had the right tactics uh, to, uh, to rally around. Maybe, but my goal now is to put us and that to the test, Brian. So I, I hope we can yeah. get somewhere with it. I think you make a good point. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Take care of yourself. Kyle, Wilmer, Minnesota, the great KDJS. How are you, sir?
5: I'm well, sir. I got to thank you for uh, opening your show every evening with the National Anthem. I've got uh, multiple Purple Heart recipients in my family, it means a lot to me.
0: Well, God but bless I, all of
5: them. I think the greatest crisis, thank you, I think the greatest crisis our country is facing right now is our godlessness and our lack of morals in general. We talk about the economy or politics or different viewpoints, but they're all symptomatic of that one root cause, I believe.
0: Mm-hmm. And why do you think that is? Why do you think that it's been so diminished in this country? But so diminished
5: because we so easily turn to our selfish nature and try to, to to do what we want, like what you've been talking about for the last hour or so. Exactly. All the different entities, whether it's the NBA, whether it's a government, whether it's abortion, it's all con- for convenience and self-advancement. We don't uh, have the greater interest of humanity truly at heart and have a desire to follow God and what he laid out for us in the natural law that uh, I heard Sean Hannity talking about last week. It's all there for us, but we abandon it because we're selfish at heart.
0: And those who attack it pretend that they're the righteous ones who are looking out for human beings. This is the genius of the American founding. And don't hang up. This is a very important point, Kyle, that you touch on. The reason why the founders are attacked isn't because some of them own slaves. It's because they wrote the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Because the Marxist ideologues, like those in Black Lives Matter, Antifa, Professors, you name them. The Declaration of Independence runs completely counter to Marxism talks about unalienable rights. They're God-given rights. The Creator is mentioned several times in that document. It talks about natural rights and natural law. In other words, these are existential, excuse me, these are uh, uh, truths. Uh, these are truths, essential truths. It's not about science. It's not about math. It's about what is, is. Like the Golden Rule and the Ten Commandments and so forth. The Golden Rule is true whether it's in the United States of America or whether it's in some far off land. How can that be? How can the Golden Rule, how can the Ten Commandments be true? That is, the, living a good life, a godly preferred life, in one part of the world and another part of the world, because they're truisms. And the progressive intellectuals and Marx and Engels did not believe in any of that. And they believed that man. That man can create a more perfect world. As long as they get rid of those who resist. As long as they get rid of those who have benefited from the past. As long as they get rid of the rich or the successful or whomever it is is targeted. That's why you hear all this class warfare from the Democrats and Biden. Sounds just like Marx. That's why you hear all this oppressed versus oppressor crap. This is why there's an attack on the founding. Not because some of the founders owned slaves but because of the genius of what they did in creating this country and the genius that exists in these documents that allows the very people who seek to burn down this country to live as free people, which is exactly what Kyle's talking about. Thank you for your call, my friend. Richard Billings, Montana, the great KBUL. Go. Hey, Mark. Uh,
5: greatest crisis uh, facing the country today, I think, is the crisis of truth. Uh, quickly uh, followed by her twin sister, corruption. Uh, The media kind of used to spin the facts now. They create their own facts. And I think that breeds corruption from the top levels of the national government all the way down to local governments, courts, and and the like. Uh, That's kind of the way I see things.
0: Well, I think you're right. And by corruption, you don't necessarily mean on the take. Intellectually corrupt, uh, immoral, and we see an enormous amount of that. When you're unhinged, or unmoored, I should say, from uh, morality, from faith, from American history, what do you have left? Your own self-righteousness and self-aggrandizement become your moral code. That's not a moral code. That's tyranny, personal tyranny, and if you seek to impose your will on the rest of us, it's tyranny, period. Thank you for your call, Richard. Much appreciated. Let's go to John in Missouri, the great KZRG. Go, John. John? Hey, Mark. Yeah, yes, sir. I just want to.
4: I'm going to coattail kind of on the last two callers here. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm going to coattail on the last two callers here. I think the greatest crisis facing America is immorality and a lack of Judeo Christian values. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if people. People that that are Marxists and evolutionists and believe that they are their own highest power—they—they they have no morality. They have no sense of right is wrong. Whatever right is wrong is whatever benefits you the most. And um, you know the lack of godliness in this country, taking God out, taking taking the law of God and replacing it with the law of man, is exactly what has led to to this uh, you know this, this extreme Marxism that we're seeing. This I thing. agree
0: with you a hundred percent. Exactly right, John. I'd like more of your input when we return.
1: Mark Levin, the voice the liberals want to silence. But you can talk to Mark at 877
0: 381 3811. You know, I think about the left. They don't want people coming out from under this virus yet they take credit for the vaccines, right? Well, here's the thing. Many of the people on the left in the Democrat Party don't work anyway. You know, we, we get polls of all kinds of things all the time. And I've always wondered, how come we don't have a Gallup poll or a Pew poll or some kind of survey Or how can the Washington Post and the New York Times and the rest of the reprobates don't care to determine what percentage of Democrats are on welfare versus what percentage of Republicans? Don't you wonder about that, Mr. Medusa? If it showed that more Republicans than Democrats, as a percentage anyway, were on the welfare rolls, don't you think they'd be publishing that and talking about that? But they don't. Because... Not all, but much of this redistribution of wealth is about funding the Democrat Party and providing money for its base. Much of it. Most of Portland riot suspects won't be prosecuted, U.S. Attorney reveals. This is from Fox News. Charges have been dismissed against 58 of the 97 people arrested during the unrest last year. By the way, we're going to get back to your calls in a moment. Just a few more things I want to get to. David Bouchard admitted he put a Customs and Border Protection officer in a chokehold. Charles Comfort was indicted by a grand jury of civil disorder for twice charging at Portland Police Bureau officers and hitting them with a makeshift shield, then kicking a third officer while being arrested. Both men faced federal charges stemming from their actions during a summer of more than 100 straight nights of often violent protests in Portland. But Bouchard and Comfort are among dozens of Portland federal arrestees whose cases were dismissed. Are being deferred without so much as a day behind bars. Now, is that what's happening in Washington, D.C.? Respecting January 6th? People are being tracked down, hunted down all over the country who didn't hit anybody. Between May 25 and October 7, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Oregon filed federal charges against 97 people connected to the Portland unrest. Now, keep in mind, there's a new administration. Since then, 58 of those cases have either been dismissed outright or on track for dismissal through a deferred resolution agreement. 32 cases are still pending, with many likely to also end in dismissal, according to sources. Seven people have entered guilty pleas, just seven. Of those pleading guilty, only one person is headed to prison and he was caught red handed. Security video shows Edward Shinzing setting fire to the Justice Center with his shirt off and his name tattooed on his back. Wow, what a genius. A plea deal calls for Shinzing to serve the five year mandatory minimum sentence for arson. So, minimum, he gets the minimum for trying to set a federal courthouse on fire. Five years. And in Washington, people who were trespassing but committed no acts of violence, they're trying to get them on 20 years. 20. It's offensive to all men and women who risked their lives in Portland for 90 to 120 days, or even longer in some cases, being attacked night after night after night, said Chad Wolf, the acting secretary of Homeland Security under President Trump. Lisa Hay, the federal public defender in Oregon, has a different view. Take on the high number of cases being dismissed. She said, I think the federal government went overboard in some of the ways they addressed these protests. Oh, yes. Way, way overboard. The poor little kids trying to burn down a federal courthouse. Have you ever heard anybody say that federal prosecutors in Washington are going overboard? No, you haven't. And so, in some cases, crime does pay, doesn't it? In some cases, you can literally get away with it, can't you? And that's exactly what's taking place here. Pramila Jayapal, I believe she represents Seattle. And for some reason, she gets a lot of national attention. Well, we know why. She's a radical commie. that's why. May I say that with all due respect? And she is thrilled with what's going on all over the country. Thrilled. And she is thrilled with Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. As I'm sure are the people of Scranton. Not. Now she's one of the far left Marxists in my view. Cut eight. Go.
6: I was thrilled to be in attendance as the president announced a generous and bold vision for the future of America. One that includes free community college, universal pre-K, child care, and paid leave.
0: Nothing there at all about liberty, opportunity, job creation. All about massive government control. Marxist, go ahead
6: course, it's a vision that is built around green jobs, environmental and racial justice, and equality across America. Excuse
0: me, may I help you? It's equity across America. Get with the program, you creep. Go ahead.
6: As a lifelong organizer. Oh, she's have-
0: a lifelong organizer. Wow, she's really qualified to do something. She's been spending her life organizing. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's my point. They spend their lives organizing community activists. Obama, this one, all kinds of left. Oh, they're community activists, community activists. Well, now, we can't leave the community just to them, can we? Go ahead.
1: That it was a vision
6: full of progressive priorities. Priorities Marxist
0: priorities. Nothing progressive about it. Go ahead. ...been fighting for since before I came to Congress. Wow, well then I'm glad we can destroy our country in your honor, you jerk. You jerk. And there's a million jerks just like her. Yes. Let's take another call. I'm getting too annoyed here. May I? I think I may. Harry, Freehold, New Jersey, the great WABC. Harry, you're on. Go right ahead.
1: Hello, Mark. Uh, So you asked about the worst thing happening right now. I think it's printing money. Mm -hmm. It's printing money and sending my children and grandchildren into poverty.
0: Because that is what it's going to do. There's no getting around this. In in sums, even percentages, we've never seen before. Right, Harry?
1: Yeah, I I feel it's... um, you know you you want to say like we do bad things to um, you know criminals and and we're gonna let them go and everything else and and what about my children? I mean I got three children in college right now um you know it's uh, it, I, I just don't really think about their future as being positive um, with all this spending. Uh, what is it, seven trillion? That uh, Biden did in four months?
0: It's actually what he wants to do, if if you realistically look at the numbers, it's $7.2 trillion. We've never seen anything like this, ever. And for what? The economy was growing anyway. It was uh, predicted to grow substantially without all this. But Joe Biden is out to destroy the country and remake it in his image, which is insanity. That's his image. All right, Harry, good call. I appreciate it. I don't have time to slip in another call, but we'll be right back. love in Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. All right, isn't that interesting? We have a professor who says she limits interactions with white people as much as possible. You see, her ass should be fired. When you have open and proud racists of any kind that are professors, they should be fired. I don't care what the tenure rule is. They should be fired on the spot. And then they can fight for their job back. But these days, we have tapes and videos and, and so forth and so on. But uh, there's no reason people like this should be protected anymore. Period. I'm having a little difficulty. Come on now. Here we go. Did I get my call screen back? Everybody, sing! Uh, Mr. Producer, who do you recommend I speak to here? WDDJ, Ed, in New York State. Ed, how are you, sir?
2: Good, thank you, Mark. I hope you're doing well.
0: Very well, thank you, sir. Mark, Except I for this damn call crisis. screen, I'm doing fine. Go right ahead.
4: <laughs> Mark, I think the biggest crisis facing the country today is that the majority, or at least many of the people who make the country work have lost faith in the system. They see what happened in the Trump-Russia collusion and the years that it went on, and the truth of it never really came out because the media decided not to report on it. And now just in the last couple of days, we see what's happened with Rudy Giuliani, where he's been being spied on since 2019
0: mm-hmm. by
4: people in the FBI and their, their comrades in, in social media. Well,
0: here's the thing. Every one of those things is correct. But it's also part of their strategy. It's to dispirit us. It's to destable the community, destable us. It is to get us to turn on the system. And while we're on our heels, they strike. Again, I talk about this in the book. So there's a number of things we're going to talk about. Once it comes out, a number of things we have to do in terms of our mindset, in terms of how we are going to channel our concerns and our actions. People can agree with me or not they can have their own ideas and uh, also a discussion about where these problems are coming from so we can go on the offense and confront them look we don't have to turn <laughs> excuse me we don't have to turn our culture over to these folks and our universities and our school systems we act like there's nothing we can do well i know they've put us in a very complicated situation and i know the challenge is daunting but so be it So be it. It's worth the fight. I want to thank you for your call, my friend. All right, Mr. Producer, you're up again. To whom shall I speak? Give me the cities, too. Kalamazoo, Michigan, Kevin, XM Satellite. Go. Hello, Kevin, Kalamazoo, Michigan. I hope hope
2: I'm worthy of enough time.
0: (laughs) Well, we're about to find out. Go right ahead, sir hello yes yeah, speak
2: <laughs> okay mark you're you're awesome you know uh i i hope there, you asked a question a while back that ties into my answer to this question you asked what was the point of all this transgenderism right what are, what are we what, are, what there's got to be an end game to it because the greatest crisis face everybody that's called before they're right except for one thing that those are symptoms of what the crisis is, the crisis is the Constitution is in danger of being destroyed. That that we don't we we don't demand fidelity to the Constitution. The founders warned us so much. I thank you so much for turning turning us on to so many of the people back then, and especially Washington. You're right, George Washington is the greatest American, the greatest general, the greatest president, the greatest whatever category you want to list. George Washington is the greatest of all time because everything that's going on today he, he commented on and he's absolutely right but you ask the transgenderism we are that is about the the government becoming the ultimate authority right it's the, the we, yeah, they, they have to destroy the the parental they always want to get the kids when they're younger right they earlier and earlier preach out education so if you know mom and dad are going to say your boy or your girl
0: was, it, why, does, uh, why does Marx, in his 10 points in the Communist Manifesto, attack the nuclear family? Why did Black Lives Matter, and then they pulled it down when people actually looked at their site and their mission statement, attack the nuclear family? Why are they so focused on the nuclear family? Because the nuclear family provides structure and provides uh, support for traditional values and traditional institutions. And so if you're Marxist, your goal is to destroy all that. So they wanted to destroy Marx talks about destroying the nuclear family, destroying um, the educational system and starting all over again. In other words, a clean slate, a white slate. And um, that's what it's about. Now, there are obviously transgenders who aren't Marxists and so forth, but there are a number of the... The organizational movements that promote it, they clearly are, as I'm going to point out in the book. Simply no question about it. And uh, even Black Lives Matter. Um, They've got all kinds of what they call intersectionality activity going on. Lesbian, uh, black, uh, atheist. They would argue that's a threefer. All kinds of weird language and weird concepts, and yet it's upon us. When you have a president of the United States mindlessly signing executive orders to institute what these various Marxist movements have been promoting, then you know they have conquered the Democrat Party from within. Uh, And it's true. They have. And this is their agenda. And you have people like Schumer who are scared to death of being challenged by one of them and losing his uh, precious job. People like Pelosi, who's scared to death about being toppled by one of them, so they're caving to them left and right, and now they've embraced it. And Biden, who is not a leader, he's a chameleon, he's embraced it too because he wants his legacy to be that of the most radical president in American history. I'll be right back.
1: Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark
0: Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Cisgender millennial. They make up words. Intersectional. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there's a CIA recruitment video that's out there. You've probably seen it online. You haven't heard me comment on it yet. But I want you to listen to this. It's, uh, of course, CIA on Twitter. And I'm sure the Communist Chinese and Our other enemies are watching this, and they're thinking, this is perfect. These people are destroying themselves. Let's step back and watch it. Here's your CIA recruitment video, and if you ever hear something about the mission of the CIA and why it's important to be patriotic and commit to their mission, ring a bell or write it down or something, because... I've only heard this once, and I didn't find any of that. Cut 15, go.
7: When I was 17, I quoted Zora Neale Hurston's How It Feels to Be Colored Me in my college application essay. The line that spoke to me stated simply, I am not tragically colored. There is no sorrow dammed up in my soul nor lurking behind my eyes. I do not mind at all. At 17, I had no idea what life would bring, but Sora's sentiment articulated so beautifully how I felt as a daughter of immigrants then and now. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax eloquent on complex legal issues in English while also belting Guayaquil de Mis Amores in Spanish. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I'm a woman of color, I am a mom, I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I am intersectional, but my existence is not a box-checking exercise. I am a walking declaration, a woman whose inflection does not rise at the end of her sentences, suggesting that a question has been asked. I did not sneak into CIA. My employment was not and is not the result of a fluke or slip through the cracks. I earned my way in, and I earned my way up the ranks of this organization. I am educated, qualified, and competent, and sometimes I struggle. I struggle feeling like I could do more, be more to my two sons, and I struggle leaving the office when I feel there's so much more to do. I used to struggle with imposter syndrome, but at 36, I refuse to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be. I am tired of feeling like I'm supposed to apologize for the space I occupy rather than intoxicate people with my effort, my brilliance. I am proud of me, full stop. My parents left everything they knew and loved to expose me to opportunities they never had. Because of them, I stand here today a proud first-generation Latina and officer at CIA. I am unapologetically me. I want you to be unapologetically you, whoever you are. Know your worth. Command your space. Miha, you're worth it.
0: What does this have to do with anything related to national security or the CIA's secret mission? Nothing whatsoever. They're undermining the mission of the CIA, not because this woman is 500 different things and uh, has psychological issues, potentially, whatever she was to What did she say she had? Some kind of stress syndrome, Mr. Producer? General anxiety. I don't say that to put her down. I don't know her. But is that not bizarre to listen to this? And that is a recruitment video put out by CIA career dot something or other. What are exactly the requirements to work at the CIA, other than all this gibberish? Now, if this is going on at the CIA, imagine what's going on at the Department of Agriculture. Or the Department of this, or the Division of that, or the Office for this, and so forth and so on. That is a recruitment, an official CIA governmental recruitment video. And I do have huge problems with it. I don't have problems with her. She can do and be and so forth, whatever she wants. But how is this a recruitment video? A recruitment for what? It doesn't even provide the mission of the CIA, which is is in the main hall of the CIA. They don't even read it. They don't even show it. We're looking for a few good patriots here. And your job will be to defend this country. Now, you may have to put your life on the line. You may have to leave your family for God knows how long. But that's the kind of people we want. People who love their country. People who are willing to sacrifice for their country. Did you hear any of that? I didn't hear a word of that. At the CIA, the recruitment video. A a cisgender millennial and intersectional. And she's proud of all this. And honestly, I don't know what it all means. I kind of do, but so be it. This isn't about gay people. This isn't about this people, that people. This is not about recruitment for the CIA. We now have the CIA, the HR department and others virtue signaling. Virtue signaling. This is going on throughout the federal government, throughout most state governments. This is going on when you apply to go to college or law school or medical school. This is going on everywhere now. People want to put stuff down like this on their resume. Because they feel it will help them get selected. And it will. To call this identity politics is way too passive. It's not merely identity politics. Does this kind of a recruitment video make the CIA stronger? Does it make America safer? Does this give you confidence in your country, your government, ladies and gentlemen? Somebody's there talking about herself or her floibles and proudly talking about all the intersectionality that she has and has dealt with and all the rest. We're not her psychiatrist. We're not her psychologist. Now, I'm sure you've heard this, but it was really quite shocking to me. Again, I didn't hear anything patriotic in there. I didn't hear anything about the mission in there. I'll be right back.
3: Much love in.
0: Jake Tapper believes in fascistic television. And he's going to put his foot down with the backing of Jeff Motherzucker because Jake is a believer in journalism. And he's going to lash out against Republicans. Cut 13, go.
8: I don't think it's healthy for the country to only have a debate between the left and the far left. We need a thriving Republican Party. What does
0: that mean, we need a thriving Republican Party? You like the good old days when they were in a minority, and they were happy to be in the minority? Like being kicked around? Is that what you mean, fake tapper? I think that is what you mean. Go ahead.
8: An argument, a counter-argument. No, I think, this is not me, but we need a Republican Party saying, no, I think... That $6 trillion in new spending is a bad idea, and here's here's why. No, I think... Because that's,
0: it'll bankrupt our country and destroy the future for our children. Go ahead. Care. Uh, is subsidize wall- health care is the wrong way to go? Why should people subsidize somebody's health care? They made the decision on uh, oh, uh, health care, daycare rather. Why should people subsidize the daycare for somebody else's children? How did we get along in this country before that? There's a lot of people in this country who have decided not to have children so they could afford to pay the bills and so forth. So why are we subsidizing somebody else's daycare? Why are we involved in the personal aspects of their life, fake tapper? Well, maybe they can't afford it. Well, then get off your ass and get a job rather than taking one of these government checks. America didn't start today. People are coming across the border dirt poor, as my family did. A hundred and some years ago, there wasn't any daycare, you jerk.
8: Go ahead. Way to go for our culture, and here's why. These are not, again, my arguments. These are arguments that conservatives... Of course
0: they're not your arguments, you idiot, because you're too stupid. You couldn't make these arguments. Go ahead. Okay, great.
8: We need those debates happening. But we can't have those debates if one side of the argument... Is not willing to stick to standards and facts for for a whole host of reasons. See, One of folks, them is the
0: problem is, you right wingers, you don't stick to your arguments. You just don't do it. We in the media, we stick to our left wing kook arguments all the time. We're defending Joe Biden consistently and trashing Donald Trump consistently. What's wrong with you Republicans?
8: Go ahead. Believe anything they
0: say if they're willing to lie. About Joe. Ah, shut up, you idiot. We don't need lectures from you and the munchkin stelter and the rest of them about lying and acosta, lying, lying. You guys don't have an honest bone in your body. No integrity whatsoever. You've destroyed your profession. So may I say with all due respect, shut the hell up. I don't even want to hear what he has to say anymore. Then I got this Brian Stelter clip. He can shut the hell up too. But not Kamala Harris. She's a genius. And she's in Milwaukee on the airport tarmac. She's flying around the country. Nobody has any idea what the hell she's doing. Not a clue. Not a clue. But here she is. Hat tip rumble. There's going to be some airplane noise in the background, so you might want to up the volume. Cut 17. Go.
9: On China, President Xi Jinping didn't really make any big commitments on climate at the summit two weeks ago. Okay,
0: so the questioner is saying China didn't make any commitments on this climate change stuff, this Paris Accord. So what did you and the Secretary of State and the President do to get them to commit? Go ahead.
6: Steps up to the plate. Well, Secretary Kerry has been doing a phenomenal job working with our allies around the globe. And what I think we have made clear, and and, as, as have our allies... ...that this is literally a global issue. And if we are to have any real impact, it will be by all of us making commitments... So
0: basically, kumbaya, it's a global issue. Let's all hold hands. And uh, But the question was, what did your administration do to hold China's feet to the fire? Go ahead.
6: ...on those commitments... I think Secretary Kerry has done a great job. And it will require, without any question, China's participation in
0: this. Look, look, Kerry has done a tremendous job leaking all kinds of intel to the Iranian regime about Israel. Ah, he's been fantastic, this guy. Unbelievable. And uh, I, Kamala Harris, I've done a fantastic job on the border. We're doing fantastic jobs everywhere. Just terrific. Well, what about inflation? Well, that's Trump's fault. What about the open board? Trump's fault. What about Trump's fault? Because we're just unbelievable. We're doing things you can't even imagine what we're doing here in the uh, Joe Biden uh, White House. All right, let me move on. As they say on the Gem Shopping Network, Mr. Producer, I'm moving on. Moving on. Show defense defense participation in Washington protests. Let me tell you something. This looks seedier and seedier, what happened at that trial. Whatever you think of Chauvin and the, and the killing of Floyd and so forth, the point is due process. That's the point. When you have a case that you believe is very, very, very strong, then try the case and follow the rules. The Associated Press, Minneapolis, one of the jurors who convicted... Derek Chauvin in the murder of George Floyd on Monday defended his participation in a protest last summer in Washington following online speculation about his motives for serving in the jury and whether it might be grounds for appeal. It shows Mitchell standing with two cousins and wearing a t-shirt with a picture of Martin Luther King and the words, Get your knee off our necks and BLM for Black Lives Matter. Chauvin knelt on Floyd's neck for 9 minutes, 29 seconds last May, as Floyd said repeatedly he couldn't breathe. Mitchell, 31, acknowledged being at the event that his uncle posted the photo, but said he doesn't recall wearing or owning the shirt. Now, come on. You don't recall wearing or owning the shirt? It's either I never wore that shirt, or yes, it's my shirt. Mr. Producer, do you have a shirt with with sayings on it and statements on it that you don't recall wearing? And it's not that long ago. It's last summer. So he's lying, in my humble opinion. Mitchell was one of 12 jurors who convicted Chauvin of second and third degree murder and second degree manslaughter. Mitchell, the first juror to go public, spoke to several media outlets last week, including the Associated Depressed. I'd never been to D.C., he said of his reasons for attending the event. The opportunity to go to D.C., the opportunity to be around thousands and thousands of black people. I just thought it was a good opportunity to be part of something. Now, you're kidding me, right? I wanted to be around thousands and thousands of black people, so I attended this event wearing that shirt. Get your knee off our necks and BLM for Black Lives Matter, which is perfectly fine, but you can't sit on a jury. Where the defendant is this guy Chauvin. Mitchell and Chauvin's attorney, Eric Nelson, have not returned messages. Mike Brandt, a Minneapolis defense attorney. It's always interesting to hear these fools. Not involved in the case. Told the AP the revelation alone wasn't enough to overturn Chauvin's conviction, but it could be combined with other issues, like the announcement of a massive civil settlement to Floyd. Here's what you have. The announcement of a massive civil settlement by the city... ...for wrongdoing... ...the announcement... ...of a $27 million settlement... ...which ties to the, the failure to sequester the jury... ...which ties to the failure to move the trial... ...out of the city... ...which ties to the shooting of Dante Wright... ...and the publicity associated with that... ...in one of the jurors' communities which also ties to Maxine Waters' attempt to incite an insurrection in the uh, Minneapolis suburb. Ted Sample Jones, a professor of the Mitchell-Hamlin School of Law, told the AP that the photo of Mitchell was evidence that Chauvin can point to in order to establish that his right to an impartial jury was denied. He added, speaking frankly, Chauvin did not have a fully impartial jury in the sense we usually give criminal defendants. That wasn't the fault of the judge or the prosecutor. It was simply a function of the incredible publicity and public pressure surrounding the trial. Yeah, but they could have made a better effort at it. The potential threatening of jurors as they watch TV and they see the riots and they see the potential for threats against them. And of course, this is a significant issue. This juror should have just explained, yes, I was at this event, yes, I wore this shirt, yes, it made these statements, no, I shouldn't sit on this jury. And stop playing semantic games, I saw one defense attorney from Florida, sounds like an idiot. Hold it depends what the word about means. I said, what are you, Bill Clinton? I'll be right back.
1: Mark Levin, the modern voice of the founding fathers. This is the Mark Levin Show. Dial in now at 877-381-3811. We're going to make it easier than ever to get vaccinated. Visit
2: vaccines.com.gov, vaccines.com, or text to your, text your zip code to 4 3.
0: Well, this eight. makes it easy, doesn't it, ladies and gentlemen? Unless you know gibberish. I never took that in high school, so I don't know gibberish. Vaccine.gum, I mean, gov, and text to. Uh, the oh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Joe, uh, for straightening that out. Kamala Harris at the Washington Conference on the Americas today. I have no idea what this woman does, really. Nobody else does either. I'm putting her in charge of the border. Uh, you are? Yes, next day. I mean diplomacy about the border. The border's a disaster. Even now it's just... I'll bet by the end of this year 2 million illegal aliens are going to come into this country. I bet. And then you're going to have chain migration. It's just the whole thing is a bloody plan. It really is. And they don't care about how many harmed people are in the way. Anyway, here's Kamala... Cut, 11, go. We want to help people
6: find hope at home. Thank you. And so we are focused on addressing both the acute factors and the root causes
0: of migration. These throwaway platitudes. She is going to look at the acute factors and root causes of migration. It's very simple. These third world countries suck. President Trump put it more explicitly than I can say on the radio, and he was attacked for this. They're exactly what he said they are. And many of them are corrupt regimes. And so people want to leave. That's a root cause. In the United States, nobody wants to leave. And yet we are dumped on and attacked and all the rest of it. Let's continue, please.
6: I believe this is an important distinction. We must focus on both. First, the acute factors, the catastrophes that are causing people to leave right now. And what are they? The hurricanes, the pandemic, the drought, and extreme food insecurity.
0: All right, stop. Food insecurity, Mr. Producer? Can food be insecure? Do we have a language anymore? I mean, the English language? And we've never had... Hurricanes before, droughts, or extreme food insecurity, and viruses or anything of the sort. Have we? Go ahead.
6: The long-standing issues, the root causes,
0: mm-hmm. and
6: I'm thinking of corruption, mm-hmm. violence, and poverty. True. The lack of economic opportunity. True. The lack of climate adaptation and climate resilience.
0: Wait, 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 what? Climate adaptation and climate resilience? What the hell are these people talking about? They come up with these preposterous phrases then they're regurgitated in the classroom, they're regurgitated on TV, and we're all supposed to go around and mount climate adap- adaptation and climate resilience. My goodness. I don't think in my personal life that I've been able to keep up with climate adaptation and climate resilience. Mr. Producer, have you? I mean, other than putting a jacket on or using an umbrella when it rains and putting boots on when it snows, is that what she means, climate adaptation and climate resilience? The hell? It's unbelievable. Go ahead. The lack of good
6: governance. Just this weekend, we learned that the Salvadoran Parliament Moved to undermine its nation's highest court. An independent judiciary is critical to a healthy democracy
0: and a strong economy. <laughs> that's the same Democrat Party that wants to burn down the Supreme Court and the entire judiciary and rebuild it in its own uh, image. Now that's unbelievable. An independent judiciary is critical to a healthy democracy and a strong economy. Why don't you get down to the damn southern border, eyeball what the hell's going on, what you and Joe Biden have done to these people, and done to our country down there, and put an end to it, you jerk. Rather, ooh, we're going to look at the root causes. You're the root cause. You and the other clowns on the left. May I say, with all due respect, Jen Psaki at the White House, she's become quite the propagandist, the idiot spokesperson for the idiot. And she defends the CDC guidelines being not just influenced by the teachers' union, but we have actual sentences written by the American Federation of Teachers because we know the thugs that run that union are actually great scientists. They're experts. Follow the science. You know, if we actually followed the science—nah, never mind. I'll say it: there would be no abortions in this country. Do they really want us to follow the science? No, they don't really want us to follow science. They want us to follow the yellow brick road. All right. Kristen Fisher of Fox to Pasaki, cut. Two go. I just
9: want to give you a chance to respond to the accusations that the American Federation of Teachers, the country's largest, second-largest teachers union, influenced the CDC's guidelines on reopening schools. You had Republican Senator Tom Cotton saying that this is evidence of a politicized public health agency oh. answering at the Beckham and call of the oh. teachers union. So, how does the White House respond? Well, I would say first that's false. Um, let's uh, take. Excuse
0: a th- me. What's false? We have emails. Through the Freedom of Information Act. It's actually true. Go ahead. Talk about
9: uh, how the CDC works. The CDC, it's actually longstanding best practice uh, for the CDC to engage with organizations and groups that are going to be impacted by guidance
0: and recommendations issued. Oh, by- shut up, you liar. Just shut up. Are you, is, this, is this serious? It's actually a long-standing process, uh, yes, it, uh, to work with the organizations that are going to be impacted by the guidelines. Really, organizations actually write the guidelines? Is that it? No, I don't think so. The beloved teachers' union that has done more in the last year to damage our children than anything or anyone else, period. You frauds. You know, in radio, people come and go. They're in their cars. They're eating dinner. Sometimes people stay for all three hours, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. But whatever time you can listen is, is really a blessing, and I'm very honored. And so I'll just mention this. If you have an opportunity, please, uh, after the program or during, head over to Amazon.com and pull up American Marxism. And I hope you'll pre-order your copies this evening. For the reasons I've been saying, We we need to show all the publishers, we need to show all the media that the silent majority is not silent any longer. The link was just sent to me in the course of the show. I've pulled it up. We have number one on the list is a novel. Number two is a crisis preparedness book. And I've said, let them prepare for a crisis. Let us unleash our crises on them so that's pointless to me. Number three is another novel. Number four is a The Premonition, a book by some guy named Michael Lewis who was on 60 Minutes. It's an attack on Trump. Then there's number five, a book that's uh, about eight to ten months old, COVID-19. And then number six is my book, American Marxism. Number seven is Oprah Winfrey's book and so forth. I'm hoping we can get ten to 20,000 of you Levinites, you patriots, to get on there this evening and to pre-order your copies and think about which family members and friends you might give one to, people at work, or of course think about getting one yourself and taking a look at it so we can rally to the cause. And that's the entire book, American Marxism. That's the point of the book. It's the longest book I've ever written. The publisher, my editor, is thrilled with the book. She's a solid conservative. And uh, my wife is thrilled with the book, and she tells me. If she's not, she lets me know. I'm very, very pleased with it, because I think it does everything it needs to do, best as I can do it. The most important book I've ever written, given the situation that we're in. Some of you are thinking about it. Oh, okay, I'll do it. Please jump in as soon as you can. It's already discounted, and if they discount it more, you get the best discount by the time they sell it. It's called American Marxism. You can get it at Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, other locations. We're trying to push it to number one on the bestseller list on Amazon, and we're trying to keep it there in order to send a very, very strong message. Because we hope that they won't try and censor us and cancel it. So the more we can pre-order, the better. I'll be right back.
3: Love in.:
0: AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong. I feel like we are going to galvanize. I feel like we are going to rally. I feel like we are going to meet these various goals and the pre-orders and then eventually get this book into the hands of a million, and then we have a million patriots, a million patriots, just like you. They're going to be up for the battle. I really, really believe this. I mean, I have to be optimistic about it. Let's see. Kevin McCarthy says he rents a room from Frank Luntz. Is that a big thing, Mr. Producer? I am not a Frank Luntz fan. Frank Luntz once ripped Rush Limbaugh on me, and I ripped him two or three new ones, if you get my drift. But what does that have to do with anything? Is this an issue? I'm not even following this. Kevin McCarthy says, this is a daily caller. He rents a room from Frank Luntz. God, I gotta be careful who I rent from, Mr. Producer. He rents a room from Frank Luntz. Well then, he's obviously disqualified. Let's take another call. Who shall I speak to, Mr. Producer? XM satellite Amanda in Wilkesboro, North Carolina. How are you, Amanda? Yellow, I'm, yellow, well, yellow. I'm
9: actually listening on the Mark Laventille app.
0: Well, yes, good for you. Thank you. <laughs>
9: um, so I,
3: uh,
9: I think there are well, three three really reasons that kind of feed off. Get the to them nice and it's fast. Go ahead. one is the fact. Uh, absolutely. Number one is the fact that as a country we have turned from God and worship at the altar of ourselves.
3: Mm-hmm.
9: Second is that we. People don't understand what, how unique we are, not only in the world today but throughout history, um, as a country of the freedoms that we have and the liberties that we enjoy. And third, because of the first two, um, they're not willing to stand up. And the, you know, I've heard so many people say, "Oh, well, you know, we need to pick our battles," but the left doesn't do that. They stand. Uh-uh. Um, Like every single battle is the last, and we give too far on too many things, and that's how we've gotten to where we are.
0: Well, I think in part that's correct. I also think that they are indoctrinating generation after generation, both in our schools and on our television sets. Uh, They've done a good job over the last hundred and some years of devouring the various institutions and controlling the culture in Hollywood. We need to do a good job. You know, I've written book after book after book on what we stand for. This book is about what they stand for, and that we need to now have a, a not a physical violent confrontation, but a confrontation. We need to now take some of their nonviolent tactics and use it against them, and we need to accept the fact that some of these institutions that we once really uh, revered are no longer worth revering, and that things have to be done to them, whether they're colleges and universities, whether it's whether it's certain public school classrooms, corporate boardrooms, it's time. The time has come, and we will, this will determine whether you and me and the other Levinites out there and are joined by other patriots, if we can put aside some of our disputes, which are really minor compared to what's going on in this country, if we can put aside some of our disputes and join forces, and if we can get our ideas out there, if we can become activists, and I don't even mean, you know, I'm going to quit my job and become an activist. That is not what I'm talking about, as you'll see when you read the book. There's millions of us, and we can do this too. And we can do it without hurting people and burning things down. But we have to do it, or we're going to lose. It's that simple. I wish this book would come out tomorrow. This book has been moved up as fast as a publisher can move it up because you have to get to a printing house and everything else and it has cleared the the path and it's going to be out on July 13 but I'm hoping you'll pre-order a copy I'm hoping everybody who's listening will just go there and we can get to the number we need to get to and then we can spread the word and I want to thank you all we salute our armed forces, police officers firefighters and emergency personnel I want to thank all of you God bless each and every one of you, you are great patriots.